She were here to write me down an ass. But, masters, remember that I am an ass, though it be not written down yet, forget not that I am an ass. Welcome to In the Movies with Tish and Juliana. I'm Tish. I'm Juliana. And today we're talking about the movie Much Ado About Nothing. Yay. And Joss Whedon's version. Yes. And then we're going to talk about Shakespeare movies. Yes. Um... I guess I have a lot of history of Shakespeare as a theater student in university. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of Shakespeare. I read a lot of Shakespeare, and I've seen a lot of Shakespeare movies, so I was pretty excited about this one. She's literally quoting Shakespeare <laughs> to me as we test recorded this. <laughs> I, yeah, I was a little overzealous about it. Um, and I think that this is a particularly good example of Shakespeare on film, so I get excited. She's excited. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right, we'll jump into it then. Much Ado About Nothing premiered in 2012, technically. We had yeah. a debate about this. It premiered at it did. TIFF at, uh, in 2012, but then didn't actually get released in the theaters until like June, June. of 2013. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> um, it happened sometime around then. And then <laughs> it was directed and written by Joss Whedon, and of course... Shakespeare. Also written by Shakespeare. William Shakespeare. Starring Amy Acker, Alexis Denisoff, Nathan Fillion, Clark Gregg, and everyone else who has <laughs> ever crossed paths with Joss Whedon. If you are friends with Joss Whedon, you got to be in the movie. <laughs> Even if it's just in the party scene. It was yeah. literally all his friends. <laughs> Pretty much. I think that's nice of the dude. I know. <laughs> Come over, be in a movie. I wish I was friends with Joss Whedon. I wish I was friends with Joss Whedon, too. I always wish I was friends with Joss Whedon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, If you're not familiar with the Shakespeare play, here's a quick little summary. A modern retelling of Shakespeare's classic comedy about two pairs of lovers with different takes on romance and away with words. Away with words. It's Shakespeare's words. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... I guess it's correct. Two pairs of like lovers a are summary? a fairly, um, well, like, it, that's just succinct. Mm-hmm. I would say it deals with the intricacies of love. Okay. <laughs> that sounded so, <laughs> um, I don't know. You have, like, the sparring, sparring lovers, and then you have, like, the, they like, hate them, they hate each other so much they love they each love other. They love each other, yeah. And then you have, like, the puppy dog romanticized love. But there's like, but then drama. like, shit gets crazy, <laughs> and everyone gets really mean. And everyone's like, everyone except Benedict and um, Beatrice are mean to each other, and everyone else is like actually mean at some point yeah. in the movie. So hero, everyone turns out to be an asshole. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. So so much confusion. Yes. Okay, so we kind of talked about Joss Whedon and his friends being in the movie. Yes. So we're going to start with our kind of fun facts about the There's movie. There's a lot. For There's this a movie. lot because it's Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. <laughs> um, for example, the film was shot in only twelve days while Joss Whedon was working on the Avengers, and it was filmed at his Santa Monica home, uh, which his wife actually suggested that he do it uh, instead of going on a vacation for the twentieth anniversary because this had been a passion project of his that he had wanted to do for a long time. Yes. I think that's so sweet. I know. And she, nice I know that presence. she helped like a lot with, with getting the film up and stuff. Yeah. She's credited as a producer. So. Yeah. And I mean, he, I don't know, just 
get some friends in 12 days. I mean, I know he, like, gave out the scripts and he called everyone up and everyone says yes when Joss Whedon calls yeah. because it's Joss Whedon. <laughs> and you you just say yes. And you yes. do whatever he asks <laughs> for future reference if it ever happens to yeah. you. Um, and, like, to do the amount of filming they had to do in 12 days is pretty incredible. So Yeah. At least um, it was one house... Yeah. Like it well, yeah, they they movie. put every everything in the same house. That's true. Beautiful house. And uh, <laughs> they stated um, that it was his passion project. I know that when he was doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. he um, and some of the guys on Buffy, like James Marsters, for example, like start getting together on Sundays to do Shakespeare Sunday Fun Days, <laughs> <laughs> where they would uh, get together and perform Shakespeare, and sometimes Joss would start handing out parts and that sort of thing, so they'd even come slightly prepared for Shakespeare. And it was, like, a safe place for him to, like, try out fun things with it. And they did songs and all that sort of fun stuff. I really want to be, like, his best friend. (laughs) Because that's your idea of a Sunday fun day, for sure. Yeah, it definitely is my idea. Um, Do you want to talk about the party scene? I guess you can Yeah, speaking of his friends, he said um, it was actually his friends in the party scene. Um, Yeah. You can also see... Marissa, I'm gonna butcher her name, yeah. but it's Tangentian. Yeah, I can't pronounce it either. So. Sorry, Marissa. Um, we love you. We just can't say your name. She uh, is married to Jed Whedon, Joss's yeah. brother, and she's a singer and an actress, and she's showrunner on Agents of yeah. Shield and tons of stuff. She's awesome. She's uh, like singing at the piano, and she sings the two beautiful songs yes. that are from the play, if you're wondering. From the play. They are actual. in the text. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have it in front of me. I confirm they're in the text. Uh, yeah, so yeah, just his friends and um, all the extras were actually like friends or family or film students and they all got to drink alcohol. Yeah. So it was a real freaking party, except the actors. Yeah, because they, they had to they were actually <laughs> work. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really fun. Another fun fact, the photographer in uh, in the film, who we first see when, like, Don Pedro is arriving at uh, the, the Leonardo's house in Messina, mm-hmm. um, so, like, right at the start of the film, and I guess she's kind of, like, at that moment, press secretary, and we see her throughout the course of the film, also at the wedding, mm-hmm. later on taking photos. She was the actual photographer, and she was shooting, like, the stills for the movie. And Joss was kind of like, oh, yeah, no, you're actually going to be in the movie, too. <laughs> and she was like, uh, okay. Uh. <laughs> so I thought that that was, like, a nice way of incorporating her, because she would be in all those moments and mm-hmm. then into into the film. Yeah. Nice. If you didn't know, when you see, like, stills of a movie, like, on IMDb or somewhere... They're usually shot, I believe, like, when they're doing rehearsals or something. Yeah. So they get the same, like, kind of angle as the camera, but they don't actually shoot those pictures while they're filming. Yeah. So this is an exception to that. Yes. They were actually, like, taking pictures while they were filming. And even if she was, she wouldn't normally be on screen. No, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) It would be like they would kind of replace where the film camera is with the still camera and get pictures of the scenes for promotional stuff. Yep. Yeah, they're not just screenshots, guys. They're like no. actual. <laughs> they actually work on those. Uh, the last fun fact we have is the South by Southwest bus. Uh, so South by Southwest was like the big premiere, I guess, that they did in the states. That wasn't TIFF. Mm-hmm. It was a. It was a couple months later, about six months later. Um, well, not quite March. It was March 2013. If you want to know exactly. <laughs> um, 
And uh, much of the cast, not quite everybody, but a lot of the cast um, really wanted to go to the premiere, but, you know, they had little time or flights getting there was hard and it was kind of last minute thing. So they rented a bus and they hopped on the bus in L.A. and they drove the bus to the South by Southwest Film Festival together and, like, had a party bus (laughs) and, like, showed up at the premiere. And they did, like, the outside of the bus and all, like, much ado, like, art and everything. And if you, I own the film on DVD and it has like a little feature about like the party bus because I had someone like filming and they were like playing dorky games on the bus and stuff. It was, it looked like, oh, it looked like so much fun. Like this project is just fun right from the start. I really, oh. Joss, (laughs) I'd like to be your friend now. Please be your friend, please. Be in all your movies. Even just in the background. Yeah, just I don't need to be like in the spotlight. (laughs) So Yeah. Um Okay, so uh the movie. Yes. We'll actually talk about the movie now. Uh, so I watched this not having known really anything about the play. I was just like, Oh Joss Whedon, (laughs) better check this out. Um, I guess I knew it was, like, a comedy or something. Although the black and white thing kind of makes you think it's going to be really serious. But yeah, it's, it's actually hilarious. <laughs> um, so I was, I had watched Shakespeare movies before. I'm not crazy about it, like Juliana, <laughs> but I like to check out the Shakespeare movies, the ones that look interesting, because I'm not going to go and see a freaking play. And obviously in high school, you're just reading it is horrible. <laughs> so anyway, I like Shakespeare movies. So um, anyway, yeah, I was just really pleasantly surprised and I was like I understand what's going on <laughs> and it's actually super hilarious like I understand it well enough to actually laugh when I'm supposed to laugh and there's also like isn't really that a nice fit. feeling yeah. <laughs> I get it I I'm get like, the joke I get Shakespeare it's nice I didn't know that last week we were talking about the hosts mm-hmm. and you knew it and I didn't and this yes. week we're a little reversed mm-hmm. I'd read the play previously our podcast is so diverse guys <laughs> <laughs> um I, I read the play before, so I did, I knew the whole story and everything. Um, I would say that this is a particularly good version. And especially if you're new to Shakespeare or don't usually feel inclined to enjoy Shakespeare, it's mm-hmm. a good one. It so. is intimidating for some it, people. It's a lot of words. you know, like, even if you and, don't really know it, you know that it's like weird wording and you probably, everyone says you can't understand it. And if you had any exposure to it in high school, which I think everyone does... It's yeah. it's intimidating because you don't understand it when you learned it in high school because you're just teenagers yeah, reading. reading it. Um, <laughs> or not reading it and trying ugh. to pass the test anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Most um, of us. So yeah, Shakespeare is kind of intimidating. I would agree with that. Well, like even I've read a lot of Shakespeare, it still usually takes me one more than one pass through yeah. to really <laughs> fully grasp everything. So. so this is definitely good for like Shakespeare newbies. Yes. So I think so. I agree. <laughs> so um, it actually starts, the film starts with a scene of Beatrice and uh, Benedict having what we assume is like a one night stand, the morning after one night stand. Yes? Yes. So we assume. Yeah, he like quietly leaves, I assume, her apartment yeah. or hotel room. I can't tell. I don't, yeah, it's... The bed's right by the door, Well, but she's, like, known... She lives in Leonardo's house, is my understanding. Because later she talks about, like, I've been her bedfellow for about 12 months or whatever. So, like... Except that Ned is not counting (laughs) Benedict. (laughs) (laughs) 
Except for that night guy. <laughs> you didn't need to know. So maybe it was a hotel. Yeah. But anyway, he leaves. But he leaves. And that's, they always of course, do. that scene is not in the text. They added no. that in to give some context, I guess, for I think it helped Benedict it and like, Beatrice's relationship. For me, I was like, oh, okay, they had like a one-night stand or something. And then you kind of understand why they There's kind of... so much know, tension. Talking and... about each other, hands are back, and they yeah. have this kind of past history. I like it. it. Because I feel like in the play, you're like, but do they know each other? But they, like, just dislike yeah, each other sure. based on, like, reputation? Mm-hmm. So, or they met each other, like, once at, like, a function or something? I don't well, know. They met each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that that was, like, a nice little touch that they added in. Mm-hmm. Um, and very smart. You're so smart, Jealous. <laughs> um, and uh, we get to their bickering pretty quick in the movie. Even before uh, Benedict shows up, Beatrice, Beatrice is, like, is talking about talking him. About him. <laughs> talking shit about him. <laughs> she's like, did he die? And they're like, no. She's like, fuck. <laughs> he, he lived through the war? <laughs> Great. Is it, I don't know, is it a war, really, in this version? I don't know. They still refer to them as soldiers. Yeah. It could be. But they're all just, like, in suits. It could be, like, a metaphor for more of, like, a modern businessy kind of... Yeah, or like I don't know, like treaties. <laughs> I don't know, something along. It's because like, they still say like the line like, "Did we lose any?" And they're like, "Some, but none of any name. <laughs> Only the peasants died." <laughs> no, <laughs> well, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, I guess. I guess to stay, I, they, well, they some sort of war, some sort of war, warring, and one of them, thing. Don John, he's the bad guy, right? He comes yeah. in like uh, handcuffs, kind of. Yeah, tie. <laughs> I never understood that part exactly. I think it just for me watching it for the first time, it just established like he's he's bad, bad guy. guy, but he's with them, so he has to like stay with them. But they've kind of like contained him because they know he's yeah. Like, he must have done something. That. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's interesting, because in the play, that's not really a thing. He's not, like, being held by them. He's just with them because he's Don Pedro's bastard brother. <laughs> so they, like, hang out. Yeah. <laughs> and they, like, still do all the shit together. It's just he doesn't get the title. Sucker. He's very <laughs> resentful about that, and that, that's why he's an resentful. asshole. But, yeah, it established that he was with them, but... Um, not really with them. He was, I mean, he was the only one, or no, him and his girlfriend, who in this movie is a girl, not a Yeah. Guy. They were both, I think, handcuffed? Yeah, I think so. To just imply that, like, they have to be with us, but... We're not we happy trust about them. it. <laughs> well, but they, uh, and, but that, and that brings up more issues for me later, because then they do believe him... I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they know he's like an asshole. <laughs> I know he's an asshole. they're like, yes, we'll believe you in all your scandalous lies. Yeah. And I feel like this is a modernization of Shakespeare. I felt like generally they did that very well. Mm-hmm. It's hard with the place that women had in society when Shakespeare is writing and thus the way he wrote about them to modern to bring them into a modern situation. Yeah, because like they, even in this play where they did it fairly well, they're still like lesser than. Yeah, and even if they had done it, like they actually changed the words and it was just based on the play, but everything still happened the way it happened. It would be yeah. like, why are they like they're still marrying women off and yeah, like all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like so, yeah. 
And well, like the whole play is the center of that is this wedding where they're like marrying off Leonardo's daughter yeah. to like the soldier. <laughs> I guess like she they need her approval first and like want her to fancy him, but still, yeah, it's all very old Shakespeare yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they make it cute and sweet. They do make it cute and sweet. They also have the line in the play that, like, Claudio kind of is like, does he have any sons? Where it's, like, kind of asking about, like, is she going to inherit all oh. Leonardo's <laughs> wealth? You know what I mean? And Don Pedro's like, no, no, she's his only child. She'll get everything. And he's like, does that matter? Like, does that change your opinion? He doesn't really answer. Claudio never really answers that question. I feel like he's kind of just like... Oh, well, when I saw her before, I was looking at her as though I was a soldier, so I didn't look at her, but now I'm back, and I know I'm here, so I love her. <laughs> so he liked her. Briefly that. <laughs> but he was like, well, I'm going off to war, I can't yeah. develop feelings But I was her. like, that doesn't I'm... answer the question of, <laughs> does <laughs> money matter? <laughs> yeah. Just... So it's but little they, things like that. They showed that she, like, had a crush on him, too, yeah. so it just seemed, like, really cute. Together. Do you think they knew each other though? Like, I guess he says he saw her before he, he went off to war, so she must have at least seen something she like liked. Families <laughs> or their groups like know each other, so they must yeah. have been like maybe they like, money. younger kids running around. They knew each other, maybe. Well, got money. All got money. I think that their love is pretty sweet, Hero and Claudio. It's sweet love. It's like cute first puppy dog yeah. everything's bright and shiny at yeah. this point in the movie <laughs> love uh, yeah and then like benedict and beatrice are all like angry sexy <laughs> smoldery <laughs> like you clearly they kind. love each other because they you don't hate somebody that much oh, you don't yeah. talk about them like that unless like and with the them. scene that joss put in the beginning it implies yeah, that it implies she's bitter because he snuck out on her yeah because, like, she wouldn't be bitter if she was like, well, I didn't like him anyway. But because she liked him, she's angry that he, you know, left her there. Yeah. And he's, I don't know, mad that he had to go or something? I don't know. Well, because he has such a stance against marriage. Yeah. So he feels like probably, like, he had to or, like, he's afraid to, like, but develop like, a relationship. But he's like, I like her, but, like, no. If I like he's her a- too much, I'm going to be, like, not a man. Yeah. <laughs> He has, like, weird male ideals, and he doesn't want to, like, commit to anything. He has commitment issues. Yeah. Um, what happens next? <laughs> yeah, I know. I lost I'm my on a tangent. <laughs> that, like, always happens. So, Benedict and uh, the whatever war party. The, the war party? Okay, that's good. <laughs> the soldiers? <laughs> prince? One of them's a prince? I, one of them. Don Pedro. Don Pedro is a prince. Don yeah. John is his evil brother. <laughs> yeah. brother. Claudio is a count. Okay. And then Benedict is Benedict. But I, my <laughs> assumption is, like, he's high up in, like, the army or whatever. Yeah, right? he's hanging he, like, out with the prince. Yeah, and he, like, com- I'm sure he, like, commanded troops and stuff. I guess he's a brave war hero. <laughs> and they, I think they talk about him at one point coming from, like, good family. Well, of course, or else he wouldn't be allowed in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So they show up, and Claudio has a thing for Hero, and then the prince is like, I'll talk to her. Yeah. Pretending uh, to be you, and I'll talk to her father and, like, set this up for you, which yeah. Claudio doesn't really seem sure about. 
Yeah, well, I don't either. Why? <laughs> Shakespeare, question for you. Could Claudio not have just asked Hero himself or wooed her himself? But I guess coming from a prince, it would be... But, like, to Hero, he's pretending to be Claudio. Is Claudio just that bad with women? Yeah, I'm wondering <laughs> if maybe he was just... Because he's so excited and shy, he kind of let a more... I can't think of the word. Good with words, guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, take over and, like, tell her nice things that Claudio might stumble over. And I guess so. That's my assumption, but it's still a little They didn't confusing. really believe in just being yourself and falling in love. That, that is a fucking arrangement. That is, not, <laughs> that is not the moral of this story. No. Um, I mean, in terms of him speaking to the father, I understand, like, maybe coming from the prince. It would be like, yeah, would oh, that's a good like, idea, prince. Almost be like fathers coming together and deciding yeah. their kids are marrying. Yeah. But one's a father and one's a prince. <laughs> <laughs> Can't beat that. But yeah, that's the pretty much the whole movie is just people conspiring to get other people married. <laughs> conspiring and uh, like miscommunication. So yeah. everyone's confused and thinking. That is every Shakespeare play. Yeah. Miscommunication. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every like comedy. Yeah, even the tragedies, Romeo and Juliet. But like, even like, not like comedy in general. Oh yeah, There's always yeah, yeah. miscommunication. Of course, because the hijinks things are funny. Sitcoms are always like that. Bugs me so much. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, just fucking talk to each other. <sighs> then it's not very interesting, because then people are like reasonable and logical, <laughs> and things come to a conclusion quickly. <laughs> okay, side tangent. Reminds me of an episode. Of happy endings. Have oh, you I love happy endings. Okay. Um, when Penny has her fiance, and he's like, let's hang out with my friends for once. And they're all very, like, normal. And she's like, wait, you just, like, talked to each other and solved your problems, and there's no, like, crazy thing going on? They're just like, yeah? And she's like, oh, I no, don't get it. I don't, I don't get I don't. it. <laughs> I know. That's what all comedies are like. Like, everything's a friggin' mess, and then... In real life, we're like, oh, no, I just talked to her and cleared just, it up. Yeah, I, I apologize. I guess it's we're what all, we're makes all good. it entertainment. <laughs> yeah. That you're like, oh, no. Heightened, the heightened stakes. And what is that dramatic irony when you know what they don't know? and Yeah. The audience knows, but they don't know. Entertaining, I guess. <laughs> Shakespeare, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> good one, Shakespeare. <laughs> People are still doing that. <laughs> um... So in this, uh, we talked a little bit about how uh, Conrad is a woman in this movie. Yes, she's yeah, Garfunkel oh, and love, Oates. I love her. <laughs> is that is that what you love her from? Yeah, most? yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Conrad is um, Don John, the evil brother's closest like attendant or whatever in the play, but it's it's a male, and he's like I guess like his he tells all his secrets, his assistant. <laughs> And stuff, and in this they make a woman and his girlfriend or lover, and so their intimacy is a little bit more understood, I guess. But yeah, they're having conversation while they're like on the bed, like kind of making, making out, out, starting to undress each other, and then someone comes in and yeah, sexy, Baracchio or whatever. His other friend who works for Leonardo is, or something like that, or Don Pedro. I don't. Know. I don't know. <laughs> Confusing, even I get a little confused. Oh my God. But like um, they should all wear name tags or something. <laughs> um, 
I do know that uh, in some recent productions, they made Conrad, they kept Conrad male, but still made him Don John's lover Mm -hmm. in order to create a greater sense of Don John's uh, ostracism. (laughs) Yeah, like him feeling like an outcast Mm -hmm. societally, um, which will lend him a little bit more, like... I don't know, credence to his need for revenge. Yeah, and, like, why he's bitter and hates everyone and wants to ruin a marriage. Yeah, because he's bitter and hates everyone and wants to ruin a marriage, but there's not a lot of context for that. Yeah. (laughs) And, I mean, that's not a movie issue. That's a text issue. I mean... Shakespeare. You don't don't know his... You know that he's, like, not being... I guess being the bastard son probably has a lot more to do with it. Like, it's because that doesn't have the same you know what I mean, connotation today. Mm-hmm. Now we're like, oh, whatever. Your parents were married. That doesn't really <laughs> affect us yeah. the same way. Like, when Shakespeare wrote that, that was <laughs> uncool. So, oh, yeah. that, I'm assuming it has more to do with that. And his giving it, yeah, more modern reason for his... But even still, like, so you're we gonna so... ruin Claudio and Hero's marriage? You're not even, like, <laughs> related can. to him yeah. or anything. It still seems really unmotivated. He's just that a he's bad just an dude. asshole. Yeah. He just wants... He seemed like... In the movie, he just seemed like the kind of guy who just is always looking to, like, stir up trouble. Yeah. And he kind of hates his brother and just wants to, like, ruin anything in his brother's world. Because he seemed like he was just being, like, brought along with his brother and his crew because he came up with the handcuffs on. Like, he was being forced to stay with his brother and those people. And he didn't like them, so he kind of wanted to fuck shit up for them. Yeah. And then skip town, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, I know. He's like, oh. No, fuck shit up and then yeah. piss off. And, and head out. You didn't love Sean Mar? Mare? Mar? Mar? In the role? Question oh, yeah. I loved him. Okay. He's, I love him. <laughs> I love him, too. And I could just look at him. I almost... I like, could just look at him almost Oh, yeah. But I almost felt like... I think... I believe Joss cast him as, like, a bad guy. Because he's never played a bad guy Yeah, before. and he thinks... He, Joss seems to think that he's, like obviously should be a bad guy. I don't think so. He's almost, like... Too pretty. Maybe just because I know him, I guess, really just from Firefly. Yeah. But I was like, I don't really believe you as an asshole. Like, you're so pretty. <laughs> you're so pretty. <laughs> you must... should just be, like... I'm so used to him being so nice and sweet. Yeah. Like, it's weird. Like, I don't really believe his kind of evil thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, we also watched, for comparison, the... Um, I think 2011 version, actually a stage production with David Tennant and Catherine Tate. I love David Tennant. Oh, we love them so much. Um, I love him. I wanted to watch another version so I would have some sort of I'm a little con- flushed. <laughs> Cont- <laughs> I wanted to watch another version of Much Ado About Nothing, so I had some sort of context of like what was this movie particularly and what's the play. So we actually just watched that before this podcast. Yeah. And my okay. point was, uh, the <laughs> guy who played Don John, the bad guy in that play, really looked like a schemy little wormy rat face, a little gross. Like, he would definitely be a bad guy. Yeah, and he had the voice for it, too. Oh, yeah. The, like, creepy little, I'll yeah. get you, my pretty. <laughs> like, that yeah. type of a voice. He was definitely, like, a creepy little bad guy. Not like a strong, powerful bad guy, but, like, the yeah. creepy underdog bad guy. I hate everyone because I'm picked on. Yeah, Joss's version is definitely more like... I got power, bitches. Yeah, he's definitely me. more confident. <laughs> yeah. Just because he's good pretty, looking, you he's pretty. He looks... Sean looks particularly good in black and white. Mm. I don't know. It was something <laughs> he does. 
I thought, anyway. I liked it. <laughs> Not to say it doesn't look good in color. I'm just, you know. It always looks good. Yes. Um, so, uh, we come to the party scene. Leonardo throws a party because, like, he's got the prince and the count and everybody at yeah, his place. staying at his big estate. Yeah, so he house. throws a masquerade party. So we can further confuse people. Yes. Masquerade balls, as Shakespeare points out, many things are great for, like, identity theft. Really good masks, <laughs> apparently, and, like, no one recognizes, literally no one recognizes each other. Yes. Which would never happen, I think. No. Unless you really had, like, a full Full mask. thing. Yeah. And were the same. And had, like, changed your voice. Size. Like, yeah. height. Weight. <laughs> like, all yeah. those things, actually, that people see. Because in the version we just watched... Oh, yeah. Um, the prince was like, Claudio, I'll pretend to be you and woo hero for you. And I was like, dude, Claudio's like a foot taller than you. How is she going to believe that How you're Claudio? You? But she did. Yeah. Um, yeah. He didn't even have a mask on either. No, he had a bandana up to his eyes. Yeah. And like a Indiana Jones hat. Yeah, he was like a cowboy. It's like, really, hero? That costume party was an interesting yeah. one. Yeah. Let's just talk about that version now. <laughs> Um, I love the party scene. I think it is freaking beautiful. It's beautiful. I can, like that scene. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's we beautiful. liked it. We, we think it. it's pretty. <laughs> um, they had acrobats. Yeah, they what do they like, call them? Like sky something dancers. Sky di- yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like the toy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's the <laughs> I think um, no aerial artists. Aer- that's yeah, so they're in like kind of like a silk fabric and they're winding their way and yeah this it was on an actual like trapeze bar though oh yeah they were same difference it was some sort of area it was the same stuff and it was gorgeous and they Mm -hmm. had marissa's version of sign no more from the Mm -hmm. actual play and it's beautiful and everyone's having like a luxury party experience Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's There's lots of candles yeah there's like candles everywhere and like a campfire some people are sitting yeah everyone has kind of like those fancy um masquerade max with like the stick on them. Well, some people do. So for Benedict, he's like a sh- a chic or something. Like I'm like not- a kind of fake turban thing. Right? Yeah, and, and then, like, like a over veil his veil over, over his face. face. Like I'm not sure if it's like a man or woman kind of costume. To have the veil over the face makes me think female. Yeah, men never do that. But I thought it was just like because it's for the desert sands. Oh yeah, that's your- true. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was really pretty though. And yes, and. Beatrice talks to Benedict not knowing it's Benedict and then insults him a lot <laughs> right to his it's face. Like he has a very distinct voice. Are you really not recognizing know. his I know, voice? but... In this other one, he changed version. his voice. The tenor, yes. he put on, like, a weird voice. <laughs> yeah, but he was also in, like, a full lace <laughs> body. It was, like, 80s drag. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. <laughs> um... It's my favorite, uh, well, it's one of my three favorite scenes. I have three favorite, I'm going to say every scene's my favorite, <laughs> but I, I just, it's so pretty to watch, and Amy Acker and uh, Alexis Denisov do such a good job with Beatrice and Benedict, and he's so insulted, and she just keeps going. <laughs> I know. And it looks like just a really awesome party. Yeah. I bet it was. Yeah. We weren't invited. So what's with that? <laughs> However, the next morning, 
<laughs> Claudio's version of a hangover cure is to apparently wear a scuba suit with a martini in the pool, which I don't understand. It just looks really cool. It looks so cool. It's an infinity pool, right? So you don't yeah. really see the edge. Just goes over and he just kind of pops up or he's already there with the snorkel yeah. and the mask on holding a martini. It was one of the movie posters. Well, like he, that you saw. yeah, and he had to have a mask on because uh, Don John approaches him and is like, "Are you Benedict?" And he says, "Yes." So he couldn't have just not been wearing something. Did but the uh, scene originally take place during the party? Is that why? No, no, it happened after. I don't think so. Because well, why would he still have a mask on? In the yeah, morning? I'm trying to remember. Maybe it did. I'm getting all the all the versions are confusing in my head. This scene is really cool looking. It looks so cool, but like Don John and Baracchio and Conrad all like pop up in the pool. Like I'd be like so creeped out if I was Claudio. I'd be like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah, but like they keep they're all facing the camera. Like no one yeah. turns to look at each other. So it's just a very nice looking. Oh, it's gorgeous. Scene. The whole yeah. It is. It's really cool looking. And then, yeah, they plant in Claudio's ear that Don Pedro, the prince, who was wooing Hero for Claudio, wasn't doing that and actually loves Hero himself. And Claudio, as we see at this point... So gullible. ...is the most gullible human being, apparently, so in history. He's not known for his brilliance. He's known for his kindness, I understand. Because, like, he's like, oh, well, what the fuck? Like, A... If you're bringing Don John along in handcuffs, probably not, like, most honorable person. Yeah, he already knows Don John. Yeah, and he just, like, believes him, and he's just like, well, fuck. How could the prince do this to me? And even after he finds out that that's not true, he believes Don John's next stupid thing. I know. This is a lesson (laughs) not to be gullible, I think, folks. Don't be an idiot. (laughs) Don't pull a Claudio. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice scene. Pretty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Visually, it's a beautiful setup. Yes. Um, this would be another... Th- they go into the kitchen, they get that all sorted out, and Don Pedro's like, no, man, I, like, got it all set up for you. you guys I hooked her for you. <laughs> I arranged the deal. But this would be another thing I argue doesn't translate well, it doesn't modernize well, it's, like, how fast they get married. Claudia's like, oh, tomorrow. <laughs> no, let's do it tomorrow. And then they're like, no, and they're like, no, no, Monday. Monday. And I'm like, really? Like, that's... That's the limit, yeah. which is supposed to be in the play. It's like a, a seven night or whatever, so I'm assuming it's supposed to be a week. But even still, like that doesn't. That's just that doesn't happen in the movie. It seems like it's just a weekend. Yeah, they, it, they I think it is. A, like they cut out that night, and then they, they cut the line out in the in the movie and in the play that we saw. Actually, oh. just so you know, um, but in the in the. In Shakespeare's play, it is a week, but yeah, it's like a weekend. <laughs> like he has to wait. He can't get married on like Sunday, but yeah, yeah. It seems like they do get married the next day, though. Yeah. Well, no, because no, because they. It's a party, and then this is the morning after the party. And he's saying tomorrow, and then he says no, wait till Monday. But then that it's only m- like the next day. Because it's that night that they... That they... Yeah, so that's not well dealt with. Yeah. I guess there's just a missing day of them getting ready for the wedding in there. Yeah, it just seemed like it was pretty much the next day. Because there's only one more night described before then. Um, But that was another... I don't know. That bugged me. Just because I'm like, that wouldn't happen if that did happen. People would just go to Vegas. Like, they wouldn't... 
prepare a whole yeah. wedding in a day. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be a big thing. They just go to the city hall. Yeah. It could be still, like, a weird, rich family thing. That I know what I mean. on to, like, traditional bullshit like that. Yes. Who invites fucking, like, prince and people to stay at my giant home. Arrange marriage <laughs> for my daughter on Monday. Yes. I know. But I'm just <laughs> saying it's a little hard yeah. to... It's just one of the things that's harder to modernize, that's all. Timing. Yeah. And arranged marriages. Yeah. And the whole virgin thing. Or... Yeah. They never say that in the play, though. They just say a maiden. It's implied. She's modest. It's She's implied <laughs> in the play that the whole thing will end up being the hero is or is not a virgin. A maiden. Maiden fair. They kind of make it a little bit more modern. But before mm-hmm. we get to that... Oh, what's next? <laughs> um, after they are all like, oh, we are all happy and they're going to get married and stuff, they're like, you know what would be hilarious? Okay. <laughs> if we get Benedict and Beatrice to fall in love and get married too. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be that great? Be so funny. And um, it is funny. <laughs> it is. It proves to be very amusing. My, they're the two funniest scenes for me in the whole thing. Yeah. Um, they have decided collectively as a group, minus Benedict and Beatrice, mm-hmm. that they clearly should be with each other, and so they're going to hate each other so much, so much they're clearly in love with each other. So they're going to convince them of this fact, and so the guys, Don Pedro and Leonardo and Claudio, are going to like uh, somehow put in benedict's ear that beatrice loves him so he thinks beatrice loves him and hero and the lady maids margaret and ursula are gonna put in beatrice's ear that benedict loves her and they do this in two hilarious scenes Mm -hmm. first benedict overhears and you like see him like out the window doing ridiculous things good physical comedy it is good physical comedy Yeah. yeah and then in a later scene uh, before Beatrice yeah, hears her version, right after, yeah, um, he sees Beatrice and he's like doing like lunges or push-ups, trying like, <laughs> to be all like manly. Oh, she likes me. I'll impress her. <laughs> it's so, so it's, <laughs> it's really funny. He does a really good job with that. Yeah. And then yeah, Beatrice overhears and she like falls down the stairs, like smacks her head on things. Yeah. It's it's funny, but then all it took was for them to hear that the other person has interest and like, well, I will requite this love. Yeah, I didn't really get that. <laughs> Except that they were like suppressing their own feelings. That was all it took was like they oh, were both so she s- likes me, so it's okay yeah. that I like her. Like they were both so scared <laughs> that it wouldn't be that the other person actually disliked them that much that they didn't want to admit to themselves. I like you, but I don't want or to anyone be rejected, else. So yeah, I'm not say anything. So, yeah, they have that issue. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So they just, but once they hear it, they're like, well, yeah, I'm going to love her. Clearly I'd be a fool not to love her. And she's like, I'd be a fool not to love him. Like, damn. <laughs> I guess I should, it's a, it's a podcast. I should use words, <laughs> not actions. She's gesturing. I was gesturing. Body. <laughs> this is a part where it starts to remind me of like this would be a good uh, play to interpret into, like, high school or, like, middle school, because everyone's like, oh, I'll talk to her for you and see if she likes you, or, like, let's scheme and get these two together. It's like, oh, he likes me, I guess I like him back, and, like, all this little stuff. Yeah. Like, I can just imagine, like, 13-year-olds doing this kind of stuff. Definitely. Not actually getting married, but, like, arranging their friends <laughs> and, like, coupling up their friends. It's very behind each other's back. It's very, like, 
high school. Yes. <laughs> um, so once, like, they start loving each other and everything seems to be going well, here comes Don John again, <sighs> hatching another plan to ruin Claudio and Hero's wedding. And he tells Don Pedro the Prince and Claudio that Hero is being bad and not being faithful to him and that he has proof. And meanwhile, his friend Baracchio's, like, got Margaret the slutty maid, and they're, like, <laughs> making love in front of a window while she wears Hero's clothes, even though you can't see the clothes. It's not it's that, I guess, that just a silhouette, room. yeah. And then uh, Don John has convinced Claudio and Don Pedro, like, come and watch. And see it so, for yourself. People doing it in and, Hero's room. Yeah. Which, this is, A, why would you believe that? It's Don John. B, Claudio, why would you not question her about it and see why does it come to your head that it's a good idea to then disgrace her in front of everyone at the wedding and publicly shame her for these actions he could have just run up and bust Bust open open the door door and then be like oh sorry sorry guys and then he would have been like what is this plan you've hatched you asshole get out of here yeah john and all your but then it wouldn't have been a very good climax, I guess, to the play. So, this scheme is hatched, um, and things start going poorly, I guess. He goes through the the wedding, and then it's like, do you take her hand in marriage? And he's like, no. Or just a little wordplay, whatever. But, like, he... Yeah, he's so mean. He, like, accuses her of all this stuff at their freaking wedding in front yeah. of everyone. She's just like, what? I didn't do anything. <laughs> She's like, I didn't sleep with anybody last night. Side note, it's cool that Jocelyn has an amphitheater in his backyard. <laughs> yeah, beautiful place for a wedding. Um, also, like, Claudia wears a lot of, like, light colors for the mm-hmm. first three quarters of the movie up until, like, the wedding and stuff. He wears, like, white suits or light suits and then as soon as he he um <clears throat> accuses hero and she faints but we think she's dead or whatever mm-hmm. at the wedding Faked. and he wears black as soon as that's done not because he's mourning because he doesn't know at that point but i thought it was like his villainy yeah it's like showing. i'm a badass now yeah no he's wearing like a leather jacket and stuff because he feels like he's been wronged yeah betrayed. but he then he finds just out that she thing. died. She didn't just faint, she died. Or yes. did she? Yeah, and Once so, again, I don't know, the friar... <laughs> I, I mentioned it's like, friars like to fake people's death in yeah. Shakespeare. With the friar and Romeo and Juliet, for example. And like This friar's like, no, no, let everyone pretend she's dead and we'll find out. Because he... The friar believes in Hero. He knows she's, she's a good girl. She would never mm-hmm. do that. <laughs> And, uh, Only, like, the friar and Beatrice. And Beatrice. Everyone else was like, <gasps> Even her own father slut. was like, Death you. would, death would, you should welcome death. You whore. It's a little, a little harsh, I'm just saying. Um, so she's dead. Or they yes. tell Claudio Because people can't just talk things out in Shakespeare. No, it's gotta be no, a big hijinks thing. Um, Don John, as he's leaving the wedding... Grabs a cupcake off of what I'm assuming would be like the wedding cupcake tray, and I always think that's, that's so funny. I'm assuming like it's a thing like Sean Mar just like did like mm-hmm. as he was my work it here out. is done. I'll have a cupcake. It's so smug. It's wonderful. It's so I love it. <laughs> just a little thing. Um, 
Nathan Fillion is introduced oh around this part in the movie, playing mm-hmm. Dogberry. He's so funny. A genius in this role. So it's it's my favorite I've ever seen Dogberry because yeah. I like better than the one that we other that we watched on. It's just yeah. he's so good in it. He's such a like so oh. Nathan Fillion. <laughs> <laughs> he is, yeah, a lot, but. I mean, because Dogberry thinks, like, so highly of himself, mm-hmm. but, like, is so stupid. It's wonderful. He's, he's just he's, a really funny character. Yeah, it's a really funny character. He's important because he, like, discovers the truth kind of accidentally almost. <laughs> but um, he does a really good job with it, so I think it's important we say that. Yeah. And um, so they take... I guess someone had over one of his watchmen had overheard Baracchio telling Conrad that of the whole plot. Right. So Dogberry is almost like, like the constable. Yeah, like a <laughs> police police chief or something. Yes. Um, and he sends out his watchmen to go, just like, be on guard. Be on guard because it's the wedding tomorrow, and so make sure people that are drinking too much get home and yeah. everyone is safe and merry. Yeah, and then they over. But don't actually arrest anyone. <laughs> yeah, so they overhear Brachio and Conrad yeah. discussing the plot that has just started or happened. Yeah. Well, this is before the wedding, right? Yes, before the wedding. Right. I'm, I'm bringing before. it back so that we can go to the... Yeah. Right. And then, so they bring them in and question them <laughs> and find out the truth and storm over. But at this point, the wedding is already... Shit's already gone down. The wedding's already happened. Everyone thinks Hero's dead, including the police at this point. So they think that this resulted in a murder, mm-hmm. pretty much. And, uh... It was really <laughs> hardly a murder. She was like... <laughs> She's like, oh, gosh! So she like, died. That she died. She was so heartbroken. Those women, died. you know, they're so frail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um... So they bring them back, and everything's discovered, and so Claudio thinks that he killed Hero on false pretenses, and Don John has, like, taken up... I assume Don John left because when Hero died, it got... shit got crazy. So he's, he's like, like oh, oh, shit. Oh, this went too far. Not Even good. For me. So he, like, took off. Yeah. Because it makes more sense than just, like, ha, 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 ha. My I've hatched the plot. <laughs> yeah, and at uh, this point, pretty much everyone knows now that she didn't really die, except Claudio, Claudio. and Don Pedro. Right. Yeah. So he convinces Claudio to marry his other his, his niece, niece instead of his daughter. Because he owes that to the family or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And Dogberry, when he's leaving after bringing the truth forward, <laughs> Nathan Fillion and Tom Lang do this like thing where they like lock the keys in the car. And yeah, it's just like a really, it's such a Dogberry thing to do. And it's not in the script, obviously, but it's just such a like funny, cute little improvisation. <laughs> I yeah, it's just in the it. background, you see them kind of miming, like, well, you mm-hmm. have the keys, no, no, no you <laughs> And they're just kind of fumbling around, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it was cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we... Another wedding. Well, a funeral. funeral procession, which is gorgeous again. Yes. Coming down the, the stairs. The stairs. This, like, kind of rock wall stairs, thing. natural kind yeah. of... With the other candles. song. Oh, yeah, the other beautiful the song. The heavenly song. Heavenly, heavenly... <laughs> It's beautiful. It is, yes. Again, Marissa. Marissa. And Joss and Jed doing the music. You're beautiful. You're pretty Everyone cool. in Joss's world is so beautiful. <laughs> Please let us be part of it. That's actually the reason for this podcast. We just really want to Please, Joss, please. <laughs> um, and I thought it was like a 
quite a stark but nice transition between like the humorous moment of like them fumbling for the keys <laughs> to suddenly this like really serious horrible funeral procession. <laughs> beautiful but tragic. Tragic, yeah. And then except we know she's not really dead, so we're kind of like beautiful but unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. And we have um my favorite part between Benedict and Beatrice. Beatrice is pissed off. Oh yeah. That Claudio did this to Hero. I'm Even though she knows you. that Hero's alive. And Benedict comes and professes his love to her. And she's like, I love you too. But if I were a man, I'd fucking kill Claudio. And if I had a, if I knew a man who was willing to be a man, <laughs> hint, hint, you would kill Claudio for me. <laughs> anyway, he agrees to do it and stuff. I think it's a little drastic <laughs> considering she didn't actually die. It is drastic, but it's such a nice... I, I just like the words. It's the like whole, it, I wish I were a man speech mm-hmm. by Beatrice Swimmy. But favorites. again, it's like of its time because women would be like, oh, I wish I were a man or I knew a man who could kill for yeah. me because I'm just a little I'm lady. I'm just a poor I lady. I possibly kill someone no. and take my own revenge. No, I need a man to do it for me. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice <laughs> to have men to do nice. your murder for you. <laughs> yeah. I want to get your hands dirty. And then after the funeral procession and um, all that, they have, like, Benedict and Claudio, like, some harsh words. I guess that's before Harsh words, guys. It, it escalated to harsh words. And then... There was a gun in there somewhere, I think, too. So yeah. A sword. Well, because he's, like, hinting, because he, like, challenges Claudio and is waiting for his response or mm-hmm. whatever. But um, I was actually just trying to get to Benedict coming back to Beatrice because... He's trying to, like, write her, like, a song or a poem or something. But they do this cute little scene between them, and Joss does it, like, on the balcony, which harkens back to Romeo and Juliet, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was a nice little, like, throw-in of, like, what most people know is the most classic love story. Mm -hmm. So, and also Shakespeare. I I thought it was a cute little Yeah, I did, like, the blocking or, like, the, uh, that scene where they were kind of up on a balcony, and at different points they go downstairs or come back up, and then they're taught, yeah. It's cute. Good job, Joss. Good job. And then there's another <laughs> wedding at the end. A weird mystery wedding, kind of. Because <laughs> yeah. all three women come up in veils. He's yeah, like, I Which don't one understand the reason for that. But well, I don't know, bridesmaids. I guess so. But there's he's like, ha ha ha, you cannot see her until you accept <laughs> her as your wife. And then it ends up being Hero, and Claudio's happy, and Hero takes him back, Ugh. even though he did that to her. I would have smacked him in the face. He deserved. And then Benedict and Beatrice are like, no, no, I don't love you. What do you mean I told you I loved you? Because all of a sudden they're denying <laughs> their issues, their, their, like, commitment phobe problems come yeah. back up to the surface. But then they're like, no, you, we all know you guys love each other. And they're like, oh, we do. And then they get married. Yeah. Everyone gets the end. married. <laughs> Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> we just described the whole movie. <laughs> we did. I'm sorry. I was. <laughs> it's so good, guys. It is. We had to. It's confusing as well. We have to like, yeah. explain. There's so much. It's a lot because of Shakespeare. There's what's going on, then there's what some people think is going on, and what is yeah, what the That's audience. That's Shakespeare for you. <laughs> you want to talk about the Bechdel test in this instance? Yes. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. In whatever 1600 when Shakespeare <laughs> wrote this. His plays did not pass the, the Bechdel, Bechdel test. Shocking. It did have two named women. It had plenty of women. <laughs> a lot of women. They talked to each other. About men. Yeah. The whole play. Yeah. The whole thing is kind of getting Beatrice and Benedict together. So when two women are talking, they're talking about that scheme. To so. be fair, the men are usually talking about the women in this play as well. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's all about couples and stuff. So yeah. there's like men together and women together. And so it, obviously it does not pass no. at, at all, but it's not surprising. It passes the first two. There's yeah. two women who have names. And they, and they talk, they talk to, to each other, other but they it's just, just talk, about men. Yeah. And given the time period of Shakespeare, it's not really... It's impressive that he passed the first two, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we should not... be glad. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to add... Yes. Is we're going to add this to our thing, guys. Um, so we're going to do the Bechdel test, which is a test of the story and the characters and how many women they talk to each other. Um, I also wanted to mention female in the crew, because... Uh, I think actually our next podcast, we're going to be talking about women in film. Yes, we are. Behind the scenes, crews kind of stuff. So I wanted to also mention, because we're not just talking about the stories, we are talking about the movie industry. So we're going to do what I'm tentatively calling female crew tally. (laughs) It's not a test. It's just a tally. Just a tally. Just Um, for our own Just as a sort of reference of how many women were in like the top positions. So people get the idea of how few it is. Yeah, we're going to really drive that home to you, <laughs> yeah. how few women there are in, in the movie film. industry. Yeah. Um, okay, so I went with director, writer, producers, cinematographer, and editor as the kind of top five. Those are the positions we are considering in our movies. Yes, no offense to all the other positions. You are all needed and important. So many positions to uh, crew on a movie, and of any size. Yes. Um, but these are the ones that get, like more like mentioned more everyone knows who's the writer and director of a movie is a lot of the producers um and cinematographer and editor are just really important to making the movie so i wanted to include them and um yeah they get all the awards and like all that kind of stuff so these are like the major positions um so i counted them all up uh there's 11 in all those positions because there's usually several producers um and the tally was two of those 11 people were female <laughs> Come on, Josh. Not very impressive. So, written, directed, and one of the editors, and one of the producers was Joss. Yes, so... Um, the other writer was Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> I, also a man, as far as everyone yeah, knows. Yeah, the, the two females were um, uh, two of the producers, one of which was his wife. Yeah. Not that that... No, but... Sense. I'm just saying, one of them was his wife, one of them was another woman. Well, I mean, given the fact that the film is him and his friends and it's surprising yeah. like everyone on the crew was also like probably a friend of his oh yeah so. yeah you see a lot of familiar names but uh yeah two out of eleven yeah we can do better we can do better guys so what is your recommendation slash rating for this film i feel like i'm not good at rating so <laughs> okay so i'm just gonna say um it's really good for people who are new to shakespeare i think like yeah. i said i've watched a few a handful of Shakespeare movies, the ones I thought looked interesting, and this one was like the first one that I really got and understood and like made me laugh. So I think it's a good starting point if you've kind of been, like I said, intimidated by Shakespeare. Yeah. Or some of them seem like so um, kind of out of your world because they're like all old or it's kind of fantasy almost. I'm thinking of like The Tempest and Midnight Summer's Dream. It's like, yeah, you can't relate are. to it. This one, it's like modern. It's actors, you know, so at least you'll be able to keep faces straight. Yes. Um, also, we said like, it's just freaking beautiful and it's, um, I guess as far as Shakespeare plays go, it's very compact. He said, like, it has a very small cast compared to a lot of Shakespeare. Compared to a lot of Shakespeare plays, it does have a smaller cast. So it'll be easier to keep track of people. I figured that's why he chose that one. Yeah. To, to, do. to do. It's small, like, it feels Especially like a small play. Especially in 12 days, yeah. In 12 days at his house. <laughs> at his house. So yeah, I recommend this to um, people who haven't gotten into Shakespeare yet and 
and it's like I said, it's really funny. So yeah. if you like comedy, <laughs> give this a try. I recommend everyone watch this. Um, I say, like, particularly if you are worried about getting into Shakespeare, same thing Tish said. Like, Mm. if you are intimidated by it, if you find it hard to understand, it's a really good way to to ease into it. So. It's super funny. Yeah. I will also recommend the version we just watched today with uh, David Tennant and Catherine Tate. Ooh, I can't remember any of the other <laughs> specific details, but um, it I found it online. Really good. Um, it was like 80s. Yeah, it was kind of... <laughs> they wear a lot of sh- Men wear a lot of shorts. We had some issues with the shorts. <laughs> but it was good, we yeah. We realized like halfway through, like, oh, this is 80s. <laughs> That's why they're dressed kind of, like, not full-on 80s, but like a kind of 80s. 80s. Yeah. Yeah, and they had, like, Influence. this spinning stage. Yeah, it was real. It was, it was used just, very well. Yeah, and it was hilarious. Tennant and Tate, like, oh my god. <laughs> They're I the match them. made in heaven. We so. love them. You can watch that version if you prefer English yeah. accents slash Scottish accents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about Shakespeare films. Yes. Which there are many of. <laughs> Yes. I'm sure there's at least, like, several for every Shakespeare play. Yes. I think, like, Shakespeare's such a staple in English literature that, and his his plays are structured so well, mm-hmm. I think that's why there's so many versions. Because it's heralded, but also, like, even if there's loose versions, because the structure's there in all of them, it's easy to make adaptations of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The good stuff is there, and then you can kind of run with it if you yeah. want to. Or you can stick to it exactly. Exactly, yeah. Like this film did, many of them do, and just put it in a different time or place or kind of change some stuff, and it still makes sense. Yes. There are so many Shakespeare movies. There's a lot that are, like, done in Shakespeare's time period that are classic. I mean, I think probably, like, every Shakespeare movie's been done. There's, like, uh, there's... Um, Romeo and Juliet, oh, the black and white Romeo, the classic Romeo and Juliet, I think everyone watched at one point, no. Is that like the 60s one? Yeah, I think so. That, yeah, they made me, they made you watch, watch that, in, that school. in school. exactly. And they warned you that there was nipple. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's an exposed breast for a second. more Hamlet's done than like, because every actor wants to be Hamlet. So it's considered one of those like pivotal roles and stuff. There's yeah. a ton of Hamlet's. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen There's Much Ado About Nothing has been done. There's a Kenneth Branagh version with Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh mm-hmm. as Beatrice and Benedict in the 90s. And Kenneth Branagh is considered, like, the dude who does Shakespeare. Oh, well. <laughs> That's something I don't like about Shakespeare when people think it makes them, like, better and pretentious. Does, like, people who drink does wine. Make me better than you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that goes together. Like, winos and Shakespeare people. Like, yes, I go to Shakespeare. I drink wine. I don't know anything about it. (laughs) Good. I'm like, Like, oh, it's red. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's white. Okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? That, like, some people, like... Yeah, there's a pretentiousness with Shakespeare that kind of... Like I said, some people find it, like, intimidating. It's partly because some people, like... (laughs) I know. The best actors Some people like Shakespeare. And like, if you're trained classically, you're yeah, better than yeah. everyone. Plus, I actually understand what the bard wrote. <laughs> I remember there was a girl in high school who had, like, a big book. Like, you hey, have, don't make fun of my big book. She was, like, carried around, like, 
Well, yeah, I'm reading them, and I would just think, like, who are you trying to impress, bitch? <laughs> um, I bought a big book because when I studied theater in university, we had to read so many. I will forgive you for that. Cheaper to buy one big book than but my every little book. But is that, just in general, they're plays. I don't want to read a play any more than I want to read a screenplay. Like, I want to just watch it. Like, yeah, you're supposed I've to friggin' watch it. I like reading plays. <laughs> it's all dialogue. I would find it so boring. Yeah. You're the filmmaker. I'm the actor. So I, I guess visual. that's... <laughs> I want to see it. Just show it to me. Um, there's also a ton of modernizations mm. and adaptations of Shakespeare. And Very sometimes sometimes people don't even know that they're watching yeah, kind of a so, Shakespeare like, play. Loosely based on it. Yeah. That it doesn't even mention it in like the credits or anything like based on Shakespeare. It's yeah. just... Or like, like Lion King yeah. is Hamlet. Right. Yeah, I think that's one of the, I guess, better known ones. But Fulton's brother mm-hmm. kills. I think by now everyone knows that Ten Things I Hate About You is Taming of the Shrew. Is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's some like jokes in it or something about yeah like, the word true or something. But yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. That's like again very loose. Yeah. Based, but it was a good like modernization. Yeah, and People. she's the man is based on Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night. Yeah. Which she's, like, dressing so... up as her brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's a ridiculous it's all... plot in the modern one. I'm like, come on now. But it's cute. Yeah. And she shoves a tampon up her nose. <laughs> I love that movie. It's so I, funny. It's cute. It's, it's you know. Amanda Vines, before she went crazy. Before so she freaked out. So, yeah. <laughs> so, there's lots of movies that you've seen, probably, that are based on, loosely based on Shakespeare plays. Yeah. Because... It's been around for so long, and they are, like, good story structure, like you said. Yeah. You can kind of take it and run with it. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a smart man. I found this version particularly successful, but we've already discussed all the good things about it. Yeah. It's Joss Whedon, so... <laughs> I, yeah. I, anything he does is pretty much brilliant, so... Um, it's also like a very typical Shakespearean comedy. Also comedies of the time. They generally don't have people dying in them and they usually end in a wedding. This one ends in two weddings. It's the definition of like happy. No one dies. And, and there's, there's a, a wedding. wedding. Exactly. So that was very common for comedies to follow that format at the time. And if you read through Shakespeare, like oh, almost all of his comedies are like, oh, a wedding. It's like the happiest thing they could think of. No one dies. Yeah. And there's a wedding. Comedy. They get married. Tragedy. They die. <laughs> Pretty. Um, uh, do you want to talk about translating Shakespeare? In your head. Do you? Oh. <laughs> Julian and I write our own notes and then we bring our notes together and compare them and kind of combine it into something so we have an outline for when we speak. And <laughs> I, I know it seems like we're just mumbling along, but we, <laughs> we actually <laughs> try to prepare for this. So I got Juliana's notes today and I read a point that she made and I was like, did she literally steal this from my notes when I showed her way before, when we were playing the podcast? It's the exact same thing. They both thing. wrote essentially the same thing, which is Shakespeare requires translating in your head. It's like a second language to you and it's almost like it causes a lag. And I wrote, <laughs> translating Shakespeare in your head, it's like a foreign language causing a lag. <laughs> You literally wrote the same thing in the same order. Fun fact for you guys. We, we think alike. Sometimes we make the exact same points about a movie. But it is something you have to, especially in like high school when you're first 
hearing it. You're trying to, like, figure it's out... nonsense when you it's, first hear it. Yeah. It is. It's, like... It's, it's every single thing is some sort of literary device. Yeah. So they're not ever literally saying he what they mean. did love a metaphor. <laughs> so many metaphors. Which is fun once you have, like, a movie like this where you can follow along and yeah. you can kind of appreciate... How they're talking and like all these kind of clever metaphors they're making and it makes them seem like really like smart. I couldn't come up with that shit off the top of my head. <laughs> well, and also like even more making it like a foreign language. When Shakespeare wrote this, people are like, oh, well, Shakespearean words. Like this isn't how people talked even in no. Shakespeare's time. They didn't go around <laughs> using metaphors <laughs> as much and stuff. So even even for that time period, like it's it's older English to begin with, but for that time period. It's already altered. And then trying to bring it into today's word where we yeah. don't talk like that at all. It It is difficult. So I think particularly this film where if you don't catch every word because it's because it's A on film and because um, it's people you recognize and, and modern actions that you recognize, mm-hmm. not catching every word and that leg doesn't affect you the same way because you know what's mm-hmm. happening still. Yeah, that's the key thing for me as opposed to like just reading it or hear someone read it or um, actually like seeing it on screen like I can still follow along even though if it's a bit nonsense yeah I still get the gist and then it's fun to like watch it again and be like oh I get that <laughs> I get you <laughs> clever 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 Shakespeare <laughs> yes um but yeah it is almost like a lag like you're trying to like translate figure out what that metaphor meant as they're like moving on to the next thing and you're kind of you're like, no, no, no wait. dragged behind. <laughs> I haven't gotten there picture. yet. Uh, Shakespeare in high school. Yeah. Speaking of reading it as opposed to seeing it, yeah. most people's first Shakespeare experience is high school or school. And you're hearing, like, one of your classmates having to read it out. But hark, what light upon her window break. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> they don't know what they're saying, so they're just saying a really, like, monotone and flat, and it's supposed to be... And they can't pronounce half the words. Yeah. But it's, it's iambic pentameter, so it has supposed to have a rhythm, and you're supposed to say it like you know what and, you're saying. Then you get the kids who, like, are overemphasizing the rhythm, but hark, what light upon her yeah, window. Yeah, to teach you how to speak <laughs> how to iambic speak. pentameter. Oh, it's so bad. High school's not the greatest. You, I understand why they teach Shakespeare in high school, mm. but it's the... Worst learning for Shakespeare ever, because I don't think there's a student that comes away being like, oh, I got that. Like, yeah. it's why that girl walking around with a Shakespeare book, I was like, I think, it, trying to I, I think it makes people really hate Shakespeare learning it in high school. Yeah, I definitely thought of it like, why would I like anything Shakespeare? It's like nonsense, and it's just like, I wasn't into it. But then I think I finally like, I want to say, mid, other than probably Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. I'm sure I saw that sometime, but... Yeah. Um, he did it, I thought. Yeah. Good job. Um, it was a midnight summer... Midsummer... Midsummer's Midsummer Night, Night Dream. <laughs> Always not that up. Midsummer's Night Dream um, that I decided I would watch or something. It was, like, totally confusing at first, but maybe, like, the second time I watched it, it's like, this is actually super cool, and there's, like, fairies and shit, so I was yeah. like, oh, I like Shakespeare now. <laughs> I acted a scene from that, and... University. <laughs> I was a fairy. <laughs> I got to be the fairy queen. <laughs> I was excited. It was fun. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. High school's terrible. There's not even... Just there's not, in general. <laughs> I meant 
for Shakespeare, but yeah, also kind of general. If anybody want to talk about their high school experience. <laughs> How was your high school experience? Email us. Tell us all about it. Um, and uh, I think another thing that we should mention, we talked last week about adapting books into film. Mm-hmm. And this is adapting a play into film, and it's so much easier. Yeah, it's meant to be played out. Exactly. Because it's meant to be seen, you don't have the same need to cut everything out. I mean, yeah. Joss did cut a couple things, and even the version we saw on stage, they cut a few lines and stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is mostly, I think, just for the modernization of it. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, you can just you can play it off the page. So. Yeah, and then you could just get to have fun with um, what cinematography brings to it, as opposed to just a stage or just in one place, and it all happens in one yeah thing. Unless you have a spinning stage, <laughs> but basically, and then a film, you get to do again. It's like different art forms, so you get to do scenes and show things in different ways that wouldn't work in a play, which just happens like live, yeah. right? So. <laughs> Yeah. There's no cut to the next day or, like, cut to this. You know, it has to all happen, so. Also, I think a good thing, you you were talking about how there's not really stage directions in Shakespeare mm-hmm. and how in doing something like reading it in high school, it only makes it more confusing because you don't so, know what's happening. Yeah. But when you're adapting it, it makes it, it gives you so much freedom. Yeah, to in interpret term, yeah. what exactly they're mm-hmm. doing as they're saying that. Yeah, so I think that. If I were to do Shakespeare, I'd be like, cool, we're going to do this. And you get to make up your own blocking. and, and Yeah, that's the interesting the thing about seeing the two versions of the same play now. Yeah. Um, just those little differences of how they, just, yeah, simple things like blocking or sometimes, um, like we mentioned the scene where um, they're talking about how Beatrice loves Benedict and Benedict is, like, overhearing them and there's a lot of physical <laughs> comedy yeah. going on in the background. It's the same thing with the play with Tennant and Tate that... They were doing hilarious physical stuff while so the dialogue was happening, and that's like with something you can interpret on your own. At every adaptation, you're yeah, going to work with. The they're actors. both funny. They were both in the same spirit with the physical comedy, mm-hmm. but they were totally different. And it was yeah, yeah. And they were both hilarious. I laughed out loud so at funny. both of them. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Overall, yeah. good movie. Shakespeare, you were a pretty rad dude. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, watch some Shakespeare movies. Yeah. Just enjoy Embrace them. Shakespeare. Start with the ones that'll ease you into it. Don't get too complicated too quick. Everyone knows Romeo and Juliet, so maybe start with that. Yeah. The Baz Luhrmann. They have guns. Yeah. It's, it's super a, cool. It's a rad version. <laughs> yeah. I love Baz Luhrmann movies. And I know. That's like... He's so, like, artistic and different, so... Yeah. And by Shakespeare movie, I don't mean one of the ones that are, like, based on Shakespeare. I no. mean, like, actual Shakespeare words. words. <laughs> and watch um, it twice. Yeah, watch it It's amazing what you'll to. get the second time. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I'd say Romeo and Juliet's a good one to start with. Yeah, because everyone knows this, the basic story. Mm-hmm. I don't and think there's a person that doesn't know Yeah. I think story. that's the one that everybody does in school. Yeah. Everybody does Yeah, it was the first one I ever read. Children running away and <laughs> killing each other, killing themselves. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and like we said, much ado about nothing. Very funny. So that's another good one for Shakespeare beginners. Much more lighthearted than Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. How can they reach us? Oh, we're done now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. Uh, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> we need to work on our ending. Don't worry, guys. Um, we're done talking about Shakespeare. Say that every time. 
Uh, you can email us at inthemoviespodcast at gmail.com. You can ask us stuff or tell us stuff. Yep. If we get any emails, we will read them on the next podcast. Yep. So that's fun. Do you like Shakespeare? Yeah. Let us know. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the next one we're planning on doing will be, we're talking about Bridesmaids. Yes. And Hilarious. Yeah. And uh, women in film. So we're going to be throwing a lot of statistics at you. Yeah. Don't let that scare you off. Probably we're a lot just, of feminist we rants. Just, you might... <laughs> We're women and we like film, so it's a really important topic to us. So It's a really important topic for everyone Agreed. in the film industry. We just happen to be more conscious of it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely tune in for that. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, if you want to stalk me on the internet, you can find me at tishchambers.com. Or find me on social media at Tish Chambers. I have a blog and YouTube and podcasts. And... I have nothing. She's a mystery. 